You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to Episode 5 of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Donnie L. Betts. For more than 20 years now, Destination Freedom Black Radio Days picked up where the first nationwide African-American radio drama left off. The original boundary-breaking program produced in Chicago by Richard Durham more than 60 years ago walked a daring line between reform and revolution. It illuminated important yet largely unknown chapters in the history of human rights and demonstrated how radio played its part in the struggle for social change. However, as McCarthyism and anti-communism tightened its grip on America broadcasting, the radio program was shut down in 1950. Our current show, now branded Black Radio Days, draws on the classic archives of the original Destination Freedom program. Since 1998, we've continued the tradition of showcasing the extraordinary lives of great African Americans and other people of color, past and present. In our upcoming season, we will examine the intersection of law enforcement and communities of color by exploring the complex issues of police shooting, immigration, and gender bias. Support for Destination Freedom is provided by Bonfee Stanford Foundation, the Ulipians Fund of the Denver Foundation, and Arts and Society. For more information, please visit nocredits.com and click on Destination Freedom. Enrique's Journey is based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel by Sonia Nazario and adopted by Anthony J. Garcia. Garcia describes Enrique's journey as a beautiful, sad, and inspiring testimony to the power of love and loneliness. Although love does not solve everything for Enrique, without it, he cannot survive. Enrique's Journey is about an immigrant from Honduras as he navigates a hostile world filled with thugs, bandits, and corrupt cops. His dangerous journey forces him to cross rivers, and cling to the tops of trains as he travels to the United States to reunite with his mother. Enrique's journey will be told in four parts. Stay tuned afterwards for our community discussion directly after the program. And now, Enrique's journey, part two. Destination Freedom. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. 
Before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. Enrique's Journey, Part 2. Caminando por la Bestia, Riding the Beast. Seeking to reconnect with his mother, Lourdes, who has gone to the United States to work, seven-year-old Enrique fantasizes about the ideal life they will have upon their reunification. Now, as a teenager, Enrique struggles with his loneliness and drug use. The murder of his only positive male figure, Tio Marcos, leaves Enrique spiraling downward and desperate to leave Honduras to find his mother. To do so, he must ride La Bestia, the train that travels north, claiming the lives and limbs of the migrants who ride on top. En el nombre del Padre, el Hijo y el Espíritu Santo. Mucho, tío Marcos. You were the only one who ever loved me. Sin ti, estoy solo. Without you, I'm lost, tío Marco. Abuelita, I have nowhere else to go. Me permite vivir con usted. Without Tio Marco, I have no home. I've been thrown out. My clothes were sold. Estoy solo, abuelita. Without Marco's support, we will need money just for food. Abuelita, por favor. Yo soy de su misma sangre. Si, papito. You are my blood. We will find space for one more. Vení, mijo. I am sorry for the death of your tío. ¿Quién eres vos? Yo soy María Isabel. I live next door to your abuela Gueda Amalia with my tía. Yo, yo soy Enrique. Bien. ¿Quieres ser mi novia? Uh, why would I want to be your girlfriend? Ah, pues sí o no. No. ¿Estás segura? I am very sure. Oye, Enrique, ¿por qué anda tan triste, hombre? Nah, hombre, cállate, no es nada. Ah, María Isabel still won't give you a kiss. Maya, ¿a ti qué te importa? <ríe> Mira que tengo. Ah, marihuana. <ríe> well, if you don't want to be happy, then I can leave. She didn't give me a kiss today, but she will tomorrow, ¿ok? De veras. Pues sí, está bien loca por mí. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> Is that why she never talks to you? Mira, ahí viene la girlfriend. Vete, vete. Largate. Hey, why is it that you never want to talk to me? ¿De qué tenemos que hablar? A mí me parece que a usted caigo mal. 
Why would I not like you? I don't know you. You walk around like you're special. You are a pobre como nosotros, yet you don't work. I will never be hungry because I am not lazy. Adios. <laughs> oh, sí, la novia está muy loca por vos. I think she's just crazy. Vámonos. <laughs> ¿A dónde? El infernito. To the center of town. El infernito is the only place for us to pick up a little mota. Uh, do you want some more of this? <laughs> it will help you keep the smile on your face. <laughs> vamos, pues. Eh, pero vamos por la noche. I don't want anyone to see us. <laughs> it is better at night. We can avoid la mara salvatrucha. Ah, la mara salvatrucha is just a gang. <laughs> en serio, hermano, they are murders. Ah, pues sí. <laughs> All right, maybe we should be careful. Entonces, vámonos. ¡A la mota! ¡A la mota! <laughs> ¿Qué están haciendo aquí? Uh, nada, señor, nada. ¿Cómo que nada? You sneak into el infernito like carachas en la noche. Just want to shine some light. Watch you scatter. We haven't done anything. You're choking him. You're trespassing. Pero estamos en la calle. It's all mine. The street too. Por favor. You heard me. I can't breathe. Who told you you could come into my territory and breathe? Nadie, nadie, señor. We will go, señor. We'll go if I let you go. Can we go? First, you have to answer three questions. And if you answer them, all right, maybe. Okay, okay. Tres preguntas, está bien. We can do that, okay, está bien. This is not a joke, joven. Porque if you answer wrong, I will kill this sopote. He already doesn't seem to be doing well. Mira, he's turning white. Did anyone see you coming? No, I, I don't, no, 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 no one saw us coming. Are you sure? Was that the second question? No, 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 no. We were careful. We came through the alleys that weren't lit. How much money you have? Just a couple of lentiras. Give it to me. Oh. Now, here's the third question. Do you want to live? Oh, si, senor, si. I want to live, and Jose wants to live too. Don't you, Jose? Largase! <laughs> Tres preguntas. Not a bad money maker. <laughs> muy bien, vámonos, muy vámonos, bien. Vámonos, vámonos. Okay. Aquí paramos. Stop, I can't run anymore. I thought he was going to kill me. Here. This will make you feel a lot better. Where did you get that from? Qué suerte that we still had enough dinero hidden in our shoes to buy a couple of joints, verdad? Here, how's your throat? It hurts. Toma, toma esto. Drink this. A little charamia will moisten your tonsils. Es puro alcohol. Y mi abuela rubs it on her feet. Pero pues aquí, pues they mix it with water and they drink it. <laughs> ¿Oíste eso? ¿El tren? ¿Y? El tren para el norte. 
mami vive en el norte. En un lugar que se llama North Carolina. Dicen que hay bandidos. Oh, sí. Bandidos con tres preguntas. <risa> Mira, ya es la madrugada. Eso son, me voy. José, vamos para el norte. Oh, sí, paisano. We'll go to the north mañana. Pero bring your three questions, eh. Eh, largate. Ahí viene María Solís. María, María Isabel, buenos días. Oh, it's you. It's pretty early for you to get up, or are you just getting in? Oh, no. I, I, I like to uh, get up early. Uh, uh, fresh air, y, y sunshine, y todo eso. Oh, sí. Mire, maybe I misjudged you. No, you didn't misjudge me. But I was so mean to you. But you were right about me. I was? Everything you said to me was truth. Even though it hurt, I still wanted to hear what you were saying. You did? Yes, it meant that you were looking at me. You were looking at me in a different way, in a way that no one ever has. You saw my clothes, and you thought I was arrogant. Things were different back then. I just wanted to pretend like my, my Theo was still alive. Like I was still living with him and he was still living with me. I just kept pretending that I, I still did. And I would go to his house at night and eat at his table. And that this barrio was not the real world. Because it wasn't. Back then, I was better than everyone here. E even you. Oh, even me. Pussy. Pero everyone knows that you are not in any way better than me. Enrique, hijo. Mami, mami, por favor, no te mueras. Mami, stay away from the fire. You'll die, mami. Please don't die. Enrique, ¿qué es? It's this jar. He puts it over his face so he can inhale it. Look at his fingertips. They're yellow. Your pants where he touched you are stained. You're being attacked by gnomes. Enrique, soy yo, Maria Isabel. I don't know you. Who is she? Soy tu hermana Belki. ¿Y la vieja? The old lady is a witch! Oh, no, no. oh, see? Como que witch? Come here, I'll show you how a witch snaps you. Ay, Dios. Se parece a Winnie the Pooh! Dejame! Dejame! Ay, que muchacho. Pobrecito. Lo siento tanto por él. Vení, abuela. Those drugs. Esas drogas. It is glue, abuela. He puts deadly glue into a bag or a baby bottle and then he breathes it into his lungs. I can see it in his eyes. Ay Dios. Enrique has been begging me to have a baby. At first, I told him no, that we should wait. But he said no. He wanted to have one now. 
So we would always be together. Ay, muchacha, you didn't believe him. Mentiras. Todos los hombres dicen eso. And then they leave. ¿Qué te pasa, Maggie? Oh. Where's my money? Oh. Mira. You owe me 4,000 lempiras. Dame mi dinero. Es que... Es que nada. I want my money. Do you want me to hit you again? Here's my money. You've been avoiding me. You had no problem finding me when you wanted to get high. Mota isn't cheap, sabes? You want to smoke? You have to pay. Todo lo que tengo. Mentiroso, you lied to me. Calmate, calmate. You like guns. I have a gun. I should kill you. Calm down. If you kill me, you'll never get your money. Quizás. Maybe it's true that you're more valuable to me alive, so I won't kill you now. But maybe I should kill, you, kill your sister, the one that is graduating from high school. See, I know many things. Everyone went to Nicaragua to celebrate, que no? ¿Qué decís? That's not my sister. Oh, that's, sí. my, that's my cousin. Sí. Entonces bien. I will find your sister, and then I will kill her. Then I will kill your prima, and then I will kill whoever is left in your maldita familia until you pay me my maldito pistol. <laughs> Mirame. Mirame. Look at me. My manos are stained. My clothes are filthy. Todos saben. Everybody knows que soy. Soy un desgraciado. An embarrassment to my familia. One more embarrassment to my family. Perdóname, tío Carlos. I break into your house and steal from you. But I do it to save our lives. You'll miss the glory that Tia Rosa hides underneath her bedroom, much less than you will miss your daughter. Ah, the door is locked. This bar will do. Familia, I can't. I'm sorry, Theo. But he's gonna kill your daughter. This is the only way out. I have to break your window and steal from you. They didn't because he returned the jewels. Carlos did it for his hermana. Didn't he help Enrique get a job at the tire factory? Is Enrique still on drugs? Dice que no. But I know he still sneaks off to join the other muchachos on the hill. 
Perhaps it is better that he goes. I almost wish he were in jail. Not forever. Just a few days. So he can get his head straight. Mija, you don't want him to get his head straight in prison. At least I would be able to see him. Dicen que cuando van, nunca regresan. Here he comes. Ahora sí, me voy a juntar con mi mami. Abuela, abuela, Amalia. Can I have the blessing, please? En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo, del Espíritu Santo. Amen. Toma. Take this money. Es todo lo que tengo. Abuela, me perdona. I ask that you forgive me for all the shame I brought upon the family. If you can bring shame, you can also bring pride. Andale, papito. Trae el orgullo a la familia. Te vayas, hermano, por favor. Don't go. Belki, I have to go. Pero si te vas, me quedo sola. I will be alone. I will find mommy, and you will come join us, and we'll all be together. Te puse unas tortillas, arroz, frijoles y unas chuletas. Food for your journey. Ah, pues sí, qué rico. Do you have mommy's phone number? Sí. Here on this piece of paper and here sewn into my pants. ¿Hablaste con ella? No. No? Every time I told her that I wanted to go, mommy said it was too dangerous. If I'm there, then she has to accept me. I'm going to find her. Even if it takes me a year to get to her. Si te quedas, I will move in with you. I will live with you in your little stone casita with the black walls and the black ceiling. And the rats and the pigs. And me. Ay, Mari. I have to go. If I stay, I'll be dead within a year. I can help you. But, but she can save me. Mari, you'll love Mama. She's a great person. You'll love her when you meet her. Entonces, bien. You go do what you need to do. When you don't get your way, you stop talking. I don't want to live with the silent treatment. Mari. Te quiero, Enrique. Belki. Toma. I don't want to lose this picture of Mommy. Besides... I'll be with her soon. An iron horse, un caballo de fierro. To get to los Estados Unidos, you must first pass through Chiapas. They come from Guate, Honduras, Salvador. Pobrecitos no saben. They don't know. Pues, what choice do I have? No hay nada en mi país. There's nothing in my country. Yo soy Honduras. I'm from Honduras. Paisano, yo también soy catracho. Mira los amantes. This journey is very dangerous. It was dangerous to get this far. Ahora me voy a donde me llevé el caballo. ¿Qué caballo ni caballo? Es el tren devorador. This is the train that devours. If we run fast enough, can we make it? Who are you to fill us with so much fear? I too have come a long way. It has been dangerous and painful. But today, 
Today we begin the most dangerous section of the journey and only to be followed by the next most dangerous. This train is not the train of pilgrims. Come, como dicen. It is the one that devours, can carry you to freedom or it can swallow you piece by piece, bite by bite, limb by limb, soul by soul. Mira, mira. You see them before, but I see them after. I have seen the great procession, armless and legless fools who sought to challenge it. See how they limp and flail and squirm about? Are you ready to take your chance? Ah, pero la vida es pura suerte. Si, es suerte. You run along the train as it speeds up. It isn't angry, angry, because it is luck, good luck for some and bad for others. You scramble to catch up, and your amigos, your primos, all others climb on, and you are left behind. Now, the train is going even faster, maybe too fast. It's too late, though. You will not give up. It crosses a bridge, and you run faster. You jump from... Railroad tie to railroad tie, running so fast that you lose a shoe, then the other. He casts You have to climb on the first, the ladder, and then you can't reach it. And then the railing, you grab hold, and then the train jerks hard, pulling you along. There's a rush of air. It creates a vacuum that sucks you down. You lose your grip. And you try to push away by bouncing your feet off the wheels as you let go. The air pushes you in. Luego, the noise grows louder and then there's a great rush. The train leaves. Y luego. Y luego. You might lose your leg. Did I? I mentioned that bandits will attack you all through Chiapas? The sun rises in the state of Oaxaca. I, Sirenio Gomez Fuentes, was tending the fields. I looked into the distance and strained to make out what it is. I was shocked by the sight. I saw a young boy. He was naked except for his underwear. He was battered and bleeding. He limped forward, stumbling first one way, then another. His right shin was gashed. His upper lip is split. The left side of his face was swollen. Tears stained his face. Sus ojos were red and filled with blood. He has covered his open wounds with a filthy sweater that, that he found on the tracks. Before he collapsed, he whispered so low, I could barely hear him. Deme agua, por favor. Please, give me water. Mari, Mari, ¿has visto a Enrique? No. Entonces, is it true? ¿Qué es verdad? Is it true what they say? What are they saying? He's all right, ¿verdad? Nothing has happened to him? Pues, I don't know. Andaba caminando y encontré a su abuela. I saw his grandmother. ¿Y? Y she says she hasn't seen him for weeks. 
She says that he said goodbye and that he was going to los Estados Unidos. Oh, no mencionó nada. Oh, posiblemente, but I don't remember. What else did she say? She said que los Estados Unidos es muy lejos and that those who love him must be very worried. Oh, sí. ¿Y? Well, I didn't think he would go. I thought he would just get discouraged and come back. Enrique always has big ideas and is always talking about his mommy and how much he misses her. He said goodbye, but I thought he would be right back. No sé qué voy a hacer. You should go find him. ¿Qué? Mari, we could go para el norte, mija. Todo ya es súper suave. In the United States, we'll get jobs, and then soon we'll be living in beautiful houses. Aquí, we share our houses with our animales. Pero cómo? No tengo pisto. No estoy pre preparada ni nada. I can't just leave. Ay, pero yo tengo pisto. I have money. ¿Cómo? I saved it. Almost six hundred dollars. Five seventy, but still pretty close. I will share this with you together. We'll be safe. You can be with Enrique, and all three of us can work and save enough money for the life we deserve, Mari. La vida que merecemos. Cada noche, I've gone to bed and prayed for God to help the Mikra catch him. ¿Qué? So that they would bring him back to me. <laughs> <laughs> or at least to Guatemala. <laughs> when I dreamed this, I never saw myself in Los Estados Unidos. Entonces, what do you say? Maria Aceves! ¿Dónde estás, hija? That's my tía Gloria. Necesito tu ayuda. That's my tía Gloria. If she finds out, she'll get worried. Then, are we going? No sé. Regresan, we will talk more. Las seis deportaciones de Enrique. The six deportations of Enrique. La primera deportación. Enrique and I set out desde Honduras. I remember traveling 31 days and about a thousand miles through Guatemala and to the state of Veracruz in central Mexico, where La Migra, immigration, captured us on top of a train and sent us back to Guatemala on one migrant's call, El Bus de las Lágrimas, the bus of tears. Segunda deportación, Enrique journeyed by himself five days and 150 miles into Mexico, he committed the mistake of falling asleep on the top of the train with his shoes off. Police stopped the train near the town of Tonala to hunt for migrants, and Enrique had to jump off. Barefoot, he could not run far. He hid overnight in some grass, then was captured and out in a bus to Guatemala. Tercera deportación. After two days, police surprised Enrique while he was asleep in an empty house near Chajites, 100 miles into Mexico. They robbed him, Enrique says, and then turned him over to the Migra, who put him on a bus to Guatemala. Cuarta deportación. After one day and 12 miles, police catch Enrique sleeping on top of a mausoleum in a graveyard near the depot in Tapachula, Mexico, known as the state where a migrant woman had been raped. And two years before that, Another had been raped and stoned to death. La migra took Enrique to Guatemala. La quinta deportación. La migra captured him as he walked along the tracks in Querétaro, north of Mexico City. Enrique was 838 miles and almost a week into his journey. He had been stung in the face by a swarm of bees. Immigration agents shipped him back to Guatemala. La sexta deportación. This time, I nearly succeeded. It took me more than five days and I had crossed 1,564 miles. I reached El Rio Grande and actually saw Los Estados Unidos across the river. 
I was eating alone near a railroad track when the Migra agent grabbed me. He took me to a detention center called El Corralón, the Corral in Mexico City. The next day, they unloaded us across El Rio Suchate. A sign in block letters on top of a hill says, Bienvenidos a Guatemala. It was as though I never left. La séptima deportación was en la noche, on top of a freight train. Cigarrillo, por favor. I don't smoke. Grab him, pronto! Take off your clothes, toda! No, ¡Sultame! ¡Sultame! ¡Amigo! ¡Déjame! ¡Déjame! Enrique's Journey Part 2, adapted and directed by Anthony J. Garcia, produced by Donnie L. Betts. The cast for Enrique's Journey Part 2 included Jose Guerrero as Enrique, Paula Miranda as Belki and Cristina, Jenny Urieta as Maria Isabel, Yvette Bisbal as Abuela Agueda Amalia, Miguel Martimen as Jose, the drug dealer, paisano, and Sireño Gomez Fuentes. Angel Mendez Soto as the priest, the stranger, and El Shilam. I am Felicia Gallegos Perez as Lourdes and Tia Gloria. Let me switch gears. Let me introduce our panel because, uh, and we're going to do it the same way we did last week. We're going to introduce your names, and then we'll come back, and you'll be able to tell us a little bit more about you. So let me start all the way far left, one of the actors who's been with our company for 40 years, uh, Angel Mendez Soto, he's actually Puerto Rican. 
And of course, somebody I admire a lot, I've been around, uh, I've known her for a very long time as well, Marge Taniwaki. And of course, I haven't known this young lady for a very long time, but I like her, right? I think there's, we, there's a great connect. We had a great panel last week. Uh, Kiara Chavez. And of course, you're going to be hearing Jose uh, in a few minutes, Hoser, uh, with his band, the Mocochetes. They're in the house someplace. They're making noise. You're going to like them. They're really very good. Um, but I, I wanted to start just by just recounting a, a quick little story of, 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 of my learning this. So my family is from, is from Colorado. My, my father was born in Tucumcari, New Mexico. We do not have, even though my, great, my grandfather was born in Jalisco, our, our immigrant, he was died a long time before I was born. I, we do not have an immigration experience, right, in my family. Um, but I was asked to do this production by, the, by uh, the Fort Lewis College. I was commissioned to do the piece, and while I was there, I was like, let's, I, I wanna meet the community. I wanna go out and I meet the community in between. So they kind of directed me to this ESL class. And we were in the, in the class, I came in, and in my best Spanish, which, which was passable, right? I started to tell them the story about Enrique's journey and what the play was about. And these, these people had no preparation. They were just in there, they were, they were just taking this class and, and trying to improve their English. And a young woman raised her hand and she said, in Spanish, she said, I know this story because it's my story. And then she began to tell us the story of her journey from Nicaragua. And right, I rode the top of those trains, which blew everybody away in there. So the next two hours, a big cry fest. Uh, but it really, it, it, it really, we hired her actually uh, to be a consultant on the production on the spot, right? We didn't like, we didn't pay her a lot. We paid her as much as we could pay her. But we thought it was really important that that voice was a part of it. Uh, I tried to work a lot to preserve uh, Sonia's voice in, in this, a lot, one of the first things I did is I went through and I took all her dialogue and I kept it. But if you do this kind of work, you know that this stuff gets a little bit blurry at times. I don't remember what's hers and what's mine. Uh, I'd have to go back and, and read the book and go, oh yeah, that's this. Um, but for me, that, that story uh, really dug deep into, uh, into, into how, how this, this thing is just, this is a story that just walks amongst us that we don't, we may not know because we don't ask, we don't know. I mean, it's not, I'm not expecting everybody to go up and walk to everybody and go, are you from here? Right, I'm, I'm saying that, 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 that the, human, you, the humanness, not necessarily humanity, the humanness of, of, of these people is, is everybody's story is in there, is buried in there someplace. And we just barely scratched the surface and this, it was, I have to tell you, it was, it was one of the most, and the, I brought her in to talk to the cast and, it was overwhelming, all these little high school, all these college students were just, they, they didn't even, they couldn't even talk as after they were talking to her. So that was, that was very profound for me. It's still kind of emotional to tell the story. But I'd like uh, to start with, with Angel. If you could tell us a little bit of background, your background and about, you know, why, why this issue is, is significant for you and then we'll move our way down. Okay? I, uh, I've been with the teatro, as he said, for 
or 40 years. Um, as a union organizer back in the 80s, uh, I worked with the Service Employees International Union, and we organized janitors. Most of the janitors were undocumented, were women. Uh, they were marginalized, uh, sexually harassed, paid terrible wages. And that was one of my first introductions to the, the issue of, of undocumented. Um, and through the years, we did, we did, by the way, win that. It was called the Justice for Janitors campaign. And we did, we did win that campaign. And we're able to seek justice uh, for, for the majority of the janitors in the downtown Denver area. Uh, but more recently, I have been working and have had the privilege and the honor to, uh, to, to work with a group called Casa de Paz. Casa de Paz uh, basically uh, has volunteers that will stand out in front of the detention center uh, here in Aurora, wait for anyone that is being released at that time, and will take them into the Casa de Paz. Because when they arrive here, uh, they're basically isolated. They don't know, a lot of them, some of them don't even know where they are because uh, they've been moved from one detention center to another. Uh, the Casa de Paz helps them make connections with families. If they need to stay, they can stay at the house. Uh, we provide food, uh, provide clothing if they need. They need to make phone calls and connections with attorneys. If families that they have need to come here and, uh, uh, and see them, then the Casa de Paz is there. Uh, to assist them, because being in those detention center is a very humiliating and, and, and isolating uh, situation. And what Casa de Paz tries to, tries to do is show people that, that, that there are people here who care, that, that they, can, they, they have someone, to, some people that are here that are able to help them. Uh, and I, I always, I think of it as a boots on the ground kind of situation. Um, I, have, I have been privileged to meet people from South Africa, uh, from, from Cuba, uh, from all over Mexico and Latin America. And, and uh, one, of the, one of the biggest things that me impresionó, that, that, that struck me, was that uh, this, this one Cuban guy was calling his mother, who's in Florida, and uh, we're doing a face-to-face uh, -face on an iPhone, and uh, she wanted to speak to, to, to whoever was there, and she was so grateful that there was someone there, that there was anyone there to make sure her son was able to contact her, to, to get money for a trip, um, to get on a bus, because the Casa de Paz helps try, try to provide all that. And... Uh, I urge anyone, if they, if they want to get involved, we have a lot of volunteers, and it, it doesn't take much. You can, you can learn how to, how to go over to the detention center and wait for people. You can bring them to the, to the casa. You can learn how to, how to, how to uh, help us prepare meals, um, gather clothing, give them rides to the airport, rides to the bus station, and, and these all these little simple things 
these little acts that I, 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 I think is what's helping at least make sure that the, the people detained in the detention center here will know that you know, they have somewhere to go. Thank you. March? I uh, came to Colorado to live in 1945 after being released with uh, my family from a concentration camp for Japanese Americans during World War II. It was called Manzanar and located near Death Valley in California. Enrique's journey is one story of many that we all need to learn as uh, we are going to be faced very shortly with actually millions of displaced people who are uh, trying to escape the effects of the climate crisis. So we all need to be strong and assert ourselves so that uh, immigration policies uh, will become uh, better. Um, I don't actually know how they could get worse at this point. Uh, we, need to, we need to vote uh, so that hopefully we'll have a government in place that will not be as cruel as the one we have today. My family's story uh, has to do with 120,000 of us who were forcibly removed from our homes after Pearl Harbor. Uh, we lost everything material, uh, but more importantly, all of our constitutional rights. And uh, so those are all of the things that uh, we need to fight even more strongly for. Um, as we learn each other's stories. Thank you. Thank you both for sharing more about yourselves and everyone here for having me. My name is Kiara Chavez, and I am undocumented, currently, right, currently protected by DACA. I migrated here when I was four years old with my family because my dad actually used to work in California when he was a young guy. <laughs> and he tried to start a family in California with my mom, but she hated it. And so she took my older sister, who was born in California, back to Colima, Mexico, where we're from, with the expectation that we would stay over there. But um, as my older sister grew up, she questioned my dad why she was from the United States, but she didn't live here. And I think it planted a seed in his head, much like Enrique's story about what opportunities is he leaving out of my sister's life if she was a US citizen with all these things at her fingertips living in, the, and living in Mexico. And so when I was four years old, he made the plan with my mom to migrate here to Colorado where a lot of 
our family friends actually lived. And so we started our life here. I don't have much family in Colorado other than maybe two aunties. And so I've had to build my own home here in Colorado. And it has been for sure a very difficult, painful journey <laughs> filled with many lessons that still makes me teary-eyed. <laughs> but overall, I'm, I'm very much where I think I'm supposed to be. I'm grateful to have started a family here. And now my career is in Boulder where I work for Modus Theater. And I have the amazing opportunity to share more of my story through live performance, as well as through a podcast called Shoebox Story Stories that we just launched, where I also had the incredible opportunity to meet Gloria Steinem and get, get a little more wisdom from her as that helped me manage my life a little bit more. Um, so I'm just grateful to be here today and hopeful with everything that's been happening today at the Supreme Court that I, along with so many other DACA recipients, will get to continue to call this place a home and that our family's sacrifices will be for something. Excuse me, let me let me interrupt. Kiara, can you talk a little bit about what happened today for people who oh, might yeah, not know? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so <laughs> today, a DACA, a DACA case was taken to the Supreme Court. Essentially, since Trump stepped into office, he has threatened to end DACA, which is a program in the United States that, uh, for two years at a time, allows certain immigrants to work here legally. And and protects us from deportation. Um, since he's had this plan to remove DACA, it has been taken to the Supreme Court to see whether it can legally be removed. Um, and so we're, today is when all these amazing DACA recipients went and told their story in front of the Supreme Court in order to fight for DACA. Um, but there won't be an official ruling as to whether DACA will remain a program until about January or June of next year. Throughout that time period, we'll, we're waiting. And in the meantime, there's about 700,000 and probably more DACA recipients who are in a limbo state awaiting to see whether they'll continue to work here legally or whether they will have to figure out what else to do? Yeah. Jose? My name is Jose Guerrero. I am a poet. I am an actor. Um, I have worked with Teatro since I was 15 years old. Uh, and now I get to teach uh, the theater classes at Teatro. Um, it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I, I, I'm an artist. I'm a writer. Uh, but most importantly, I'm an activist uh, through my art. Um, and you know, I always feel like I, I've been granted this gift and it, it is a waste if I don't use it, especially to raise awareness around the issues that I care most about and especially those that affect my family directly. I am a son of 
to immigrants uh, who lived in this country illegally for a long time. Um, um, and, you know, I'll do anything uh, to, to kind of tell their story and, and also to, to hopefully impact other folks and, and, and hopefully change that, 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 that way of thought, right, that, that our president so proudly uh, endorses. So we're, we're running, we've, we've got about 10 minutes left in this, which is going to go really quickly. Uh, I did, let me, let me offer one, one question. Are you leaving me, Jose? All right, don't ask Jose this question then. Uh, but Kiara and, and, and Angel and Marge. Um, so one of the things I talked about before we started the thing was, the, the, the reading was this, this, this piece of, of the variety of, of a, that thinking of, of people of immigrants is in like one perspective rather mm -hmm. than realizing that as humans they have a whole range mm -hmm. of, of, uh, of emotions and feelings and such and they're expressed even in the most dour situations you have things that are very positive and such. So uh, my question is, and you kind of, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, but it was not the main conversation. Can you give me, whether it's an artistic moment or whether it's a memory moment, and I'm not asking for a funny story or happy story, if you, I mean, if that's what you want to do, but is, is there something you observed, something you portrayed, something you experienced that, that gave, at a point when things were very dark, that gave you this moment of saying, I'm a person, reinforcing that piece of the value that we have inside of us. You're shaking your head already, yes. Is that, do you have an idea? Oh, no, I don't have about? an idea. I'm trying to think. Oh, let me, I can start with Angel, because Angel told me a story yesterday about the, about the Sprite, or the Coke. Coca-Cola. <laughs> that didn't come out right, oh. did it? <laughs> <laughs> that didn't come out right, no. Uh, I know what you're referring to. Um, one of the, uh, one of the times we were, we were, we, I went over to, with a group to go pick up uh, some of the detainees who were being released, mm -hmm. right? Because they give them a packet of papers and, you know, they've been, we, some of the people at, at the, the Casa have been able to establish a relationship with, with some of the guards, so we know more or less when they're coming out. So this group come, comes out and I, I, I take a few people into my car and get them ready to, to, to go. And this young lady, she, she was from Guatemala, and she says, she says to me, uh, can I get a Coca-Cola? And I said, well, what do you, what do you, you want a Coca-Cola? I said, yeah, I haven't had a Coca-Cola in months. And like, you know, we, I kind of, we all kind of broke out a little bit la laughing because, I mean, they, 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 they've been in situations where, like in Texas, they have this one, this one uh, detention center they call La Yalera, where you freeze because they keep the temperatures high. They feed them terrible food and, and water, and all she wanted was a Coke, so we, we just rushed right over to the to a, a, a 7 Eleven and, we, and I, I bought everybody Cokes, and it was like the best thing that it, that it, that it ever had, you know? I mean, that was just a, a brief moment of where just something as simple as a Coca Cola. You know, as a drink, a soft drink. You know, uh, another another time, when when we were at the house, one of the D, one of the Cubans, he was still in in those crazy pajamas that 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 uh, they give you, and um, 
he started laughing. He, and and everybody said, why are you laughing about it? He says, because I was, I'm, I don't know why the heck I'm still in these in these pajamas because I, I look like, like a fool. And we all start laughing because he's, he's remembering and he's dancing around and messing around with his pants. And, he, and you, you think, you, you get to think and you say, you know, all the things I've been going through and you know, I can find some humor, you know, even in this degrading thing that they're trying to do to you. You know, so I, 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 I take a lot of solace in that and I take a lot of, of, of uh, pride in the fact that that resilience that's, that a lot of people have. Excellent. I think that's a great, that's a great response, the, the word, right? Is this idea of resilience, right? Gary, you wanted to say something? No. Not really. No. Mark, did you have something <laughs> regarding this? Sure. Um, after uh, we were let out of prison, uh, we had to find um, a place to resettle. We were given $25 and a bus ticket to start our lives over. Uh, we had to come to Colorado, away from the West Coast, because of my mother's status. She was a U.S. citizen, uh, born in San Francisco, but she was sent to Yokohama in Japan for her education. The U.S. government said that because she had the so-called rights of a U.S. citizen, uh, but because she was educated in Japan, she might be loyal to Japan, so we had to come inland away from the West Coast, so we couldn't go back to our home in Los Angeles. Um, we resettled in uh, an area in Denver called Five Points, so it was then uh, basically the ghetto in Denver. And because of redlining, it was the, the only area really where we could live. Um, and in high school, I, uh, manual high school, where almost all of the Japanese Americans uh, went to school, we had a wonderful teacher, Mary Pagano. She was a social studies teacher. When she uh, was a brand new uh, teacher, she volunteered to teach at Heart Mountain, one of the concentration camps uh, located in uh, Wyoming near Yellowstone, where it uh, could often get to 30 degrees below zero uh, in the wintertime. And after I graduated from high school, I used to take her uh, to different events that I thought she would enjoy. Um, I went to pick her up one day and her sister Teresa came to the door and said, I don't know what is uh, going on with Mary, but she wants to take all of these uh, bags of books and heavy coats wherever you're taking her. I assured Teresa that I would uh, try and figure out what was going on, loaded up the books and coats in my car. And as we were driving, it became apparent that uh, Mary was in the very early stages of Alzheimer's. She kept saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. She mistook me for one of her students back at Heart Mountain and thought that I was being sent back and she was willing to go with me. And she had brought all of the books and the coats because she knew that the children had 
uh, few supplies in the schoolrooms, and she knew how cold it would get at, at Heart Mountain. Um, so that's just to say that uh, there are good people in the world. Uh, Mary Pagano was one of them who dedicated her life to uh, teaching children. She was uh, very strict, um, but one of the wonderful experienced teachers that we had uh, at Manual in, in Denver. Wow, thank you, thank you. Okay, well, did, did you want to have a last comment before we go? Well, I don't have a specific moment Good. like that. Just when you were kind of talking in the beginning, the route I thought you were going was um, <laughs> like this one narrative of immigrants and how it isn't true has been in my head all day because of the DACA hearings, as I mentioned. And just this play right now was really helping me to reflect on that a lot through Endergast's character to the fact that we're immigrants and we're still just human beings at the bottom, at the heart of it all. And so that expectation of us having to be more than just the perfect citizen is such a false narrative. And as I was thinking about the DACA hearings, it was relevant because it's just frustrating to me that maybe all, all the DACA recipients who aren't in college and who aren't doing great things with their lives, their, their stories might not be represented, but that they are equally deserving of love and human rights because I've been in very, very dark spots and have not dealt with all the issues of immigration in my head in a healthy way. And so I just love that this story kind of leaves room for the narrative of the immigrant who's hurt, who's in pain, who needs love, and to be really mindful of that when we're judging people, especially undocumented people, especially marginalized people who have to go through so much, and at the end of it need to be, need to be more than perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all very, very much. Very much. It's, I love. I love uh, all of it. The storytelling is. Is my mother was a storyteller. She was a great storyteller, and and she, the story. The joke is that my mom used to tell us all these stories, and it wasn't until I grew up that because she localized them that I realized that these were not people that were related to me. These were actually real popular stories, and my mom just changed the names. So. Uh, I, I like that that aspect, but I also this piece of resilience and what we see in Enrique's story is is the the over incredible incredible resilience and 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 perspective to be able to continue to continue. You go Enrique in another environment could have been a guy, the kind of fortitude that could run a major anything, right? The the skills are just beyond that, right? And and I think that we we, we shoot ourselves, we we underestimate. But right now we have. A, let's give a round of applause to our panel. We also have the los los mocochetes. They're getting ready to play. They got their guitars in place. Give them a big round of applause. Muchísimas gracias. How's everybody doing out there? 
let the radio world know you're here. All right. We got a few songs for you all. I got a, a lot of jobs to do today here, but I got my brothers here with me. And we are Los Everybody make a lot of con un buen maestro Yo que la normal preparaban para la demostración de bala tomaron una ruta apresada la policía quedó alterada nosotros no traemos armas por favor no nos disparen nosotros no traemos armas por favor no nos disparen Venimos a dar respeto a los fallecidos de Tlatelolco Llegamos y estudiantes y ahora nos faltan 43 Nadie dice que es en serio Algunos dicen que fue el gobierno Al guerra la está vendiendo Y pagarán en el infierno pero mi pueblo no está ciego, solo han encendido el fuego, se quema adentro, muy adentro, revolución en nuestro pecho, pero no hay que olvidar los hechos, porque hay 43 desechos, hay que juntar el pueblo entero y luchar por nuestros derechos.
Fallecidos de Tlatelolco Llegamos en estudiantes Y ahora nos faltan 43 Gracias This song is called Mocochete
noche que mi palabra tiene hambre Mi boca tiene fuerza, mi voz está grande You also have a voice I say you raise it loud Coming with the corners like the line of the clouds Si se puede, be the change All my people Se puede, be the change Everybody, si se puede Be the change All my people Si se puede, be the change Anybody feel powerful out there? The story that we heard tonight was powerful, and we like to keep the powerful five going. So this next song is called Power. Make a lot of noise for Elias Garcia taking over the microphone, y'all.
Hey, so, Jose, would you do us a favor and introduce the members of the band? Stage left on the guitar and the trumpet and the vocals, please make a lot of noise for Joshua Randy Abeda. <laughs> on stage right, the guitar and vocals, please make a lot of noise for Elias Garcia. On the bass, holding it down, our boy from Su Teatro as well. Make a lot of noise for Eli Bass Montoya. And last but not least, we have the heartbeat of the band, the youngest Mocochete. Please make a lot of noise for John Rubio on the drums. So, um, Jose, can you tell us how the group got together and how long you guys been together? Sure, actually, I'm going to pass this question off. To, to my boy uh, Joshua, uh, right okay. here to my left. Yeah, Hoser's talked enough. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, Mocochetes have been a group almost four years, coming up in March. We're all from Denver, Colorado, born and raised. And um, we all got together through nonprofit organizations in 
the Denver metro area that work with youth, such as Youth on Record and Su Teatro, um, just being involved in education and uh, just knowing each other from, you know, hanging out and stuff. So it's a brotherhood that's also a band. So a lot of, a lot of folks say about your group is the fact that you blend uh, not only great music and hard rock and, and that sort of thing, but also activism as well. Um, why did you decide to go in that direction? I know you've been working with a lot of young people, but um, why that direction? I think this is something that has um, been the source of inspiration for a lot of the tunes. It originally wasn't born to be something like that, but there was a fire that when we all got in a room together just came naturally, and we all just had these deep meanings and these deep things, because one of the first practices that Hoser joined us was the night that uh, Donald Trump became president, and it was really, really heavy for us to be there and support each other through something like that, and it was a moment where we understood a little bit deeper that this is not going anywhere. This is how we express ourselves. I think most importantly, we, yeah. we are a reflection of our community, right? And we, we talk about the things that we are experiencing every single day as a community, right? So all of these songs, right? I, I, a poet once said, right, I, I didn't choose this poem. It chose me. These mm. songs chose us, right? And, and th that's how we always write. We don't, we don't really want to write just because, oh, we need, a, we need this song or we need that song. We write it because we live it, and that's, that's the truth. That's coming from an award-winning poet. What's next? Up next, we have a song called Tacos. It goes out for all of our immigrantes out there, all those folks who make sure this country gets fed. Oftentimes, they get looked past upon, right? But we want to make sure we shine light on those folks who are working backstage or also, in, you know, in the cocina, in the kitchen, right? Like my grandmother, who just passed away a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, this song is about her and her cooking, but also about immigration, but also about being brown in America. It's called Tacos. Thank you. down on some tacos con los mocochetes, but don't forget the main ingredient, el chile, 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 chile. Cuando termina grita viva México No sé por qué me he dejado de comer Los tacos están tan buenos que puedes enloquecer Quizá, tal vez, me pueda echar otro seis Comiendo con mi abuelita se come como 
Uh, stop the music right quick. Hey, yo, stop the music, stop the music, yo. We having a party in here. It's all good. We in here in the Dairy Arts Center. Make some noise for the Dairy Arts Center for having us tonight. But the truth is, as we're reading this play, right, as we're celebrating, as we're having fun, the reality is that the story of Enrique is still happening right now. It is currently happening, and in fact, it's happening in our own state. There is a city called Aurora, Colorado, right, that houses the ICE Detention Center. Everybody say boo! And you know what? We wouldn't be nothing if we weren't using our platform to raise awareness and to talk about issues that are affecting our community. So the fact is, there are babies. There are kids like Enrique who crossed when they were 13 and kept crossing. In fact, there are kids younger, six, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds who are crossing, getting their legs chopped off by the bestia, by this train, and we are letting them allow this. And the fact is that we as Americans have influence and have a big cause in all of the things that are happening in El Salvador, in Guatemala, in Nicaragua. So it's time we take responsibility as a country and take care of those folks who we've harmed for so long. It's time we open our doors. This is their home too. And you know what? This has always been my land. I'm never going to let nobody tell me that I don't belong here. And those babies are our babies. And we're going to make sure that we keep fighting for them. Because that's what being a mocochete is about. Que viva la raza! Échale, compadre! Por a Donald Trump no le gustan los tacos Pero lo que sé Es que me caen los huevos el vato Yo no sé por qué con su carnita y muchísimo limón cilantro luego cebolla hechos con amor y luego cuando termina grita viva México no sé por qué me dejando de comer los tacos están tan buenos que puedes en lo que sé quizá tal vez me pueda echar otro seis comiendo con mi abuelita se come como rey no sé por qué me dejando de comer Possibly our last song, unless y'all want to come party and keep, you know, keep going.
I think we're on a time limit, right? And we want to respect the radio's time. This song you can find on iTunes, on Spotify, on anything like that, any uh, music platform you can ever think about. Our song is on there. It's called Que Viva Revolucion. And we hope to rise and invoke that revolutionary inside of all of you that we all have, right? It's up to us, right? Our votes, our money, everything. It starts with us. So let's start this revolution right now. Y'all ready? Que viva la revolución, que viva la revolución, que viva la revolución. 
Thank you all so much. Thank you for coming out today. We are Los Mocochetes. And now, so are you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Destination Freedom. Please subscribe to our podcast at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook at NoCreditsProductionLLC.com. Instagram and Twitter at Donnie Betts and at No Credits Production LLC or at Black Radio Days. I'm Donnie L. Betts. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.